Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, pop art painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure I'm glad you did. Hey, um, just so everybody is aware, um, I know I posted something about a hurricane coming and all that. That isn't happening today. Um, it's supposed to, I don't even think it hits Puerto Rico until Saturday or something. But, however, um, a ginormous thunderstorm just rolled in and um, I don't know, somebody, we're on the end of the power line grid or something. I don't know what the heck it is. But sometimes we lose power. So if all of a sudden you hear, like, a boom and I'm gone, um, well, we'll be back. Uh, it was a nice show. Thanks for coming in advance. And uh, we'll just be back as soon as we can. But, um, yeah, you might hear some rumbling and uh, grumbling. That's the, uh, the thunder and lightning outside. But other than that, everything is peachy and it's all sunshine in here because – I am so excited for our guest today. Um, she's one of my favorite people, and we're here. She originally, she's returning to the show. She, originally, she came on for the first time uh, when they were getting ready to launch her movie. Now it's been launched, and it's getting ready to go on uh, video. So um, I would like to talk to, uh, or like to welcome uh, one of my favorite people, um, actor Michelle Ewan. Michelle, how are you? Hello. Great. Yeah, thanks for having me again on the show. Absolutely. Now I get it. You're uh, it's it's beautiful weather where you are. You're probably sitting uh, with wearing big sunglasses next to a pool um, right. with a little dog or something and um, uh-huh. lighting cigars with hundred dollar bills. How's life in Hollywood? <laughs> it's good. Yeah, not not quite that. Not living that large yet, but um, no, it's nice. It's nice out here. Nice. Look out in the distance be a, uh, you know, the model you currently are dating, swimming in the infinity pool. Life could be worse. Life could be, I'm kidding, I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. Um, no, but, you know, something, just your journey from when we first met, when you were, um, you know, getting uh, getting ready, maybe Sunday was getting ready. I think it had just come out, actually. I think it's already been out at a couple maybe um, uh, film festivals and the like. And mm-hmm. your journey is such a... You know, everybody who wants to get into entertainment and showbiz, specifically movies, uh, any of it, really, any of it, you are a prime example that if you keep your hustle on and you work hard, things can happen, you know, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, it's been fun. We, uh, 
think we chatted last April when the movie was premiering at Cinequest, and we've just been doing film festivals over the past year. We got to do some international travel, which has been cool, and then festivals are kind of winding down, and we just recently released on Amazon and Hoopla and a couple other platforms. So, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. That is fantastic. Well, congratulations. It's a fantastic movie, everybody. Uh, it's kind of an interesting. It's an, I, I would say it's almost like a nonlinear coming of age. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's a, a fantastic character who's, who, who's going through everybody's fun thing, uh, you know, a, a separation from their wife. And, um, oh, my gosh, you know, and goes back to the old stomping grounds and, and reacquaints with uh, an unrequited high school love. <laughs> um. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, so the story um, follows my character, Jay, kind of in the midst of separating from her wife, and she's trying to move from the East Coast to the West Coast to start her life over again. And then she stops somewhere in the middle to stay with her high school best friend to kind of get back up on her feet um, that she used to be secretly in love with. So that's kind of like what you're saying with the nonlinear story is there's the present day Jay who's stuck in her life, kind of like kind of like deciding what the next chapter looks like for her. And then there's flashbacks in high school um, to kind of like those old sort of demons and sorts that need to kind of like be put to rest, I think, to resolve to kind of before she moves forward. But the movie follows three relationships, the one that she's separating from her wife and then the high school best friend. And then there's a, a gay comedian and they end up becoming really yeah, good comedian. friends. So there's that like friendship story too. And it, it's fantastic. It, it is such a cool, one of the things I really dig. Now, let me ask you this. I was wondering this when I rewatched it, Michelle, did you have, uh, I, did you have, and I'm not just saying this for the trope or whatnot. Were you a theater kid? Did you have theater, like stage acting uh, in, in or instruction and whatnot, because you, the way yeah. you act, you don't just rely on, on, and you see this so often with people, um, that, oh, I'm reading the script, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Your face <laughs> is, is a script unto itself, and the way you react and carry yourself and body movement in relation yeah. to a fantastic script, or in addition, I should say, is uh, right, well, just phenomenal. You. And I was curious if yeah, that came you. from, like, a, a stage background. Well, I did start acting in the theater when I was young, like in elementary school and continued through high school and college. And then I transitioned to film after college. Of course, like film acting is different because when you're stage acting, a lot of it relies more on your voice and your body language. Um, But with film acting, you can do so much more with, you know, the subtleties of the face and the eyes and stuff like that. So I think it helps, like, Definitely, like, some film actors don't like watching themselves back. I, I kind of mm. have to because I also edit my project. I, I work as an editor, and I enjoy it, and, of course, it also helps budget-wise. But I do think it's really mm. helpful for actors to watch themselves um, because you're getting really, really feedback. And especially watching the movie in front of an audience, too, has always really helped in, like, what's working, what's not working, you know. No, oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. And being having the editing... Uh, you know, card in your hand at the uh, the big poker table here. As an independent filmmaker, it's got to be fantastic too because you can you can save time and money. You know, because you're like, yeah, we we really don't need to do that because I'm just, you know, uh, we're going to cut all the CGI out anyway. Uh, no. <laughs> CGI, right? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely helpful. You know, as a director, because I a lot of directors don't know like 
when do they have it, right? So sometimes they overshoot, and, like, on a small production like this, like, time everything for you, right? And so you don't want to overshoot something, but then, of course, you don't want to undershoot it either. So it's kind of like you want to try to find that right balance of, like, making sure you get it, you get the right performances, you get the right angles, you know. So I think it's really helpful, you know, to as a director to have that background in terms of, like, approaching how you shoot it. Oh, I, I agree completely. I agree. I, I have a friend of mine that um, moved into uh, trying to do independent film now and doesn't have a lot of experience under uh, her belt yet, but, you know, we love her anyway. And uh, and that's fine. That's how you got to work to get the experience, you know. But it was kind of right. interesting. I remember her telling me about, a you know, an idea she had and uh, she was trying to get it together. And, and you know, I thought I was talking to Cecil B. DeMille, you know. I'm like, Oh, I'm thinking to myself, how is he going to pay for all this shit, you know? Horses? Horses? That can't be cheap to have horses. Um, right. You know, what do you think? Yeah, for sure. And ten of them? Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, filmmaking is, I think, the most expensive art form in the world. So it's always challenging. And I also think, you know, there's kind of like this, a lot of people don't like the idea of wearing multiple hats because they're like, you have to pick one to be really good at it. So sometimes people are like, oh, you do so much. What's that all about? But first of all, I think, well, I mean, I enjoy it. And, but also I think, um, you know, for anyone that is thinking about attempting to do it, like for myself, I learned the craft individually. And so I think that helped so that eventually I did bring them together. But I learned acting by itself editing by itself, directing by itself, producing by itself, and I work on that in those capacities on other projects. So then when it comes to my own project, I can kind of pull that together as opposed to starting right out of the gate. You know what I mean? Because it is a lot. It can Absolutely. be Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. And I, I mentor a couple people um, in, in, uh, in the art business, a couple podcasts, people on my Patreon. And um, it's one of the things, because in art school, though, everybody, everybody tells you, you know, take a lane, you have to pick a style and say, and I'm, I'm not like mm-hmm. that myself. I, I, I have mm-hmm. different collectors who collect different things. I have abstract people that love that. I've got, you know, just all the gamut, you know, I've got, I do some horror painting of all things and, you know, I've got collectors that that's what they like, you know, and right. um, depending, you know, and, and some days I want to paint this or I want to paint that or, or whatever. Um, I think it shows range, you know, and, and skill level to be able to do different mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and I, I'm not saying that my experience should be everybody's experience. And I definitely don't think that a school or established thought, in a, and especially in art, um, that shouldn't hold sway either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, neither is right. right for everybody. You have to find what's right for sure. you. I think... You know, people can say what they want to show, and I'm, you know, you know me. I like to stir the pot a little bit. You got what five feature films and a whole bunch of shorts and everything mm-hmm. else. You know, the CD, the resume kind of speaks for itself. That's all. <laughs> right. What are you doing? Yeah. Pick a lane, Michelle. I'm too busy know, right? making movies. You know, how, how many do you yeah, have? Oh, I have half a short finished. Um, you know. <laughs> Right, right, five. yeah. Um, yeah, and I find it, I just, I mean, it's really enjoyable, I think, to, to be so involved in, like, all parts of the process, and the parts inform each other, right? So they, they complement each other and, and, and everything. So, 
but yeah, but in, in, but also in terms of like picking a lane too, as you as you may know, um, this is my first. We call it a dramedy, but it's it's mostly drama with some comedy thrown in. So it's my first one in yeah. sort of that genre as a feature film, and then the, my other four features have all been comedies. But it's just kind of like I wanted to take on a new Which challenge. Which is hard. Yeah, you know, it really was hard. Because, you know, people say comedy is harder, but I just really think it depends on like how you're wired and what you're good at, yeah. right? And so you're probably I kind of feel like good it, at it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I can see that. Decide, but <laughs> I kind of oh. feel like I fell into comedy, and then um, yeah, wanted to try something more serious. But like, there's so many more layers. I think when you're approaching a project like this versus a comedy, so like. The cinematography is more complex. The script is more complex. The, the acting, the layers of the acting, and so there is a lot more to think about. And it was, it was definitely challenging um, to do it, but, but yeah, I mean, it was cool, and I definitely want to do more, sort of like in this, in this genre. So, I bugged the hell out of my wife. I will, uh, we'll be to dinner, eating dinner or something, you know, hanging out, um, watching Star Trek or something, whatever, and um, uh-huh. I'll try jokes out on her you know, for the show that I might incorporate, you know, I got something rattling. Now, I'm by no means a comedian, everybody. Everybody's like, yeah, Jamie, we know. We know. We get it. Um, <laughs> but, but no, I'll try jokes on her, and then she'll just look, at, and she she knows me so well now. She'll look at me, and she's like, throw that away. <laughs> that is terrible. Throw that what are you away. doing, man? <laughs> never utter that phrase again. Um, that's funny. Well, that's good to get honest feedback, right? Yeah, I get it. And that's, you know, it's, we have uh, some friends of ours, uh, some real good friends of ours who, who watch the house. They're, they're primarily they're our, our real good friends. And we were out to dinner with them the other day. And I don't know. I said, I wasn't even trying to joke out, but they, everybody thought, they all looked at me and said, ah, that one's no good. And <laughs> I wasn't even trying it. That was from that's the heart. funny. Right. Take right. My oh. oh my gosh. Um, yeah. yeah. I know. That's what I put up with. Crazy. Well, this is very, very cool. Now, you, like you said, it's been, what, a year? Uh, a little more mm-hmm. than a year since you've been on, year, yeah. and you've, you've traveled the world. I see these posts and stuff, you know, on Instagram and everything, um, uh-huh. where you're all over the place and everything. How cool is that? And <laughs> you're doing all these film festivals. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen listening, I don't know if you know this or not. <clears throat> you might not. I didn't when I first got one of this. I thought when people were in a film festival, you just send your movie in. Yeah, I made a movie. Here it is. And everybody gives you kisses and tells you how great it mm-hmm. is. And they play it for Well, you know, you got to submit. But you usually have to send a check also. I haven't seen any that are free <laughs> to submit. There might be. I don't know. I'm not in that there are, there are some, but yeah, it's in the minority. Yeah, the good, well, the good part at least is like once you get some traction, then festivals are oftentimes going to waive the fee. So that's been helpful. But, yeah, and and some can be quite competitive because I have talked to a number of people that also just think you can just play any festival kind of like you want. It's like, no, actually, they they sometimes receive thousands of submissions and they choose dozens or whatever, you know. So there's definitely a process um, to go through. Oh, absolutely. um, Yeah, so we've we've seen it about like 35 festivals, and and some of them have budgets for travel, which has been nice. And so – we nice. get, to, get to go to London cool. and Paris, and yeah, and then you know, around the United States a bit. So um, yeah, it's been a really great adventure. And then when we started last year, 
it definitely seems things were quiet coming out of COVID. So the festivals were happening, but they've been dark for a couple years and like the audiences were small and quiet. But then over the year, it definitely, I felt like things were getting more back to normal. So, um, so that's, yeah, in the beginning it was maybe slightly anticlimactic because it's like, oh, you know, but then now I feel like it's really back in full force. That's awesome. That's awesome. I have to ask you, when you, one of the things I, um, I remember the first time I traveled internationally, I went to Paris and I was supposed to be there a week, wound up, stuff happened, I wound up staying for a month. And no, folks, it wasn't <laughs> jail. See, that's a good joke. That's a good joke. Uh, no, it's just, I didn't want to leave. What happened was, is that in the United States, when you tell people you're a painter, in my case, or you're in the arts, as in, you know, or film and entertainment like you are, um, you know, people hide the silverware. And, and they, they get on their guard because they think you're either going to steal from them or, or ask them for money. Um, which is, you know, uh, <laughs> that isn't just out of the blue that they feel that way. I get it. But the weird thing is when I hit Paris, people ask, you know, one of the, it's, it's, I don't know if it's the same way with women. It might be. I, I don't know. It's not my experience. But um, with men, people always ask you, what do you do? What Your, your occupation is mm-hmm. really tied up in your identity, you know? Right. And uh, in the U.S., you know, in my case, what do you do? Oh, I'm a painter. And, you know, in the U.S., people say, oh, do you, houses or cars, you know, well, I'll paint your house if you want me to. But it depends on the check. I can paint anything, uh-huh. <laughs> you know. Um, right. But in Paris, people find out that you're in the arts. They treat you like a doctor or a lawyer or something. Suddenly, oh, you know, cool. it's, 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 you know, right. respect and things that I wasn't, wasn't used to. And. I remember uh, my father, who was so alive at the time, you know, calling me saying, you can't just stay in Paris. You have to come home. You know, you're married. <laughs> right, <laughs> um, right. This was to yeah. my ex-wife at the time. But, yeah, uh, you know, he's like, you can't just leave your wife and stay in. Like, Dad, you don't understand. <laughs> it's great here, you know. I, I, I went into a bar. Suddenly I'm working at this bartending bar, you know. It was great. Um, right. And I, I didn't paint at all. That's the weird thing. I was just riding high on, on the, the, uh, this feeling, that every, how everybody was treating me. Um, uh-huh. Was that your experience in Europe as well, when people found out, you know, you're a filmmaker? Well, that's funny. I mean, I don't know if it was that big of a difference, because I do think maybe in the U.S., I think filmmakers might have a bit of a different reputation than just other kinds of artists. If anything, I kind of feel like maybe people think, independent filmmakers make a lot of money. I don't know. And I'm just like, mm. no, like, you don't understand. This is all just kind of like we scrape it together. It's a passion project. And like, that's, you know, that's why everyone's support means so much to us. Right. And it's like, most of us have side hustles and this and that. So I don't really know, like definitely in Paris, I do think, so I don't, I don't know about them, like sort of like putting me on a pedestal like you. I think that's an interesting experience though, but definitely I think, um, you know, I do think they appreciate, they, they, I, I don't know, like, they appreciated the film maybe a little differently, and um, I think, I don't know, like, I don't want to be like, oh, I feel like this film speaks more to European audiences, because I don't know for sure, but part of me feels like it might, because it's not a traditional American story, there's not the mm. ending that you expect that wraps it all up together, there's not a traditional through line, you don't necessarily know how the story is going to unfold, um, because it's more of a slice of life and it's more exploring these characters and exploring these themes 
And earlier you mentioned something about a coming-of-age story, and one reviewer said, because it, it's kind of a parallel with, like, my character who's, like, in her early 40s and then the younger version of my character in high school. So one person said it was, like, compared and contrast a coming-of-age story with a midlife crisis. So I thought that was kind of an interesting mm. way to think of it, right, because it's both different but different life stages. But also as part of the midlife crisis, my character is coming into her own and it is a coming-of-age of sorts later in life and finding herself as an independent person, you know, not in the context of a relationship. So anyway, so sometimes I feel like, you know, it is a film that perhaps European audiences jive with, but I can't say that definitively because, you know, I haven't been all over Europe and talked to people there and to see. Right, right. But I definitely think that they, um, you know, appreciated it. And, 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 and everyone has, and that's been really cool because, you know, when you're really, like, coming from theater, like, when you move to film, unless you do festivals, you're really missing that component of, like, connecting with the audience. And so once your film is on the Internet, as cool as that is that anyone around the world can watch it at any given time, like, it's really cool, but it also feels very, like, not really happening, right? So when you go to festivals, mm-hmm. you can actually talk to the people and answer their questions and hear, They're oh, this reminds me of my life. Yeah, and, and, and right. to hear what they get out of it. And a lot of people, it's reflecting on their own lives which has been cool, too. It's kind of stirring up those emotions that they've had inside of them. So, yeah, so it's been cool. It makes it real, you know. Let me ask you a, a follow-up, um, because, number one, Michelle, you, like I said, you're just one of my favorite people, and you're so cool. Oh, that's and I think it's so, Well, I think it's so important also that you're making films like this, and you yourself um, are, are out there, you know. You're, you're out there. You're visible. You're bringing voices and, and showing characters that haven't always been shown, you know what I mean? That, right. that, that haven't um, always been there. I, uh, you know, I mentioned our friends um, about, it's been about a year or so. Uh, they, they called me, they were real upset and they called me and they were at our local grocery store at the deli. And, um, you know, I don't know. They, they were standing too close, perhaps. Who knows? Who cares? It doesn't <laughs> matter. But this guy started giving them a hard time, really upset them. The guy working there, and uh, that didn't wind my watch at all. And, hmm. I, you know, and I, I get, I'm, I, even though I'm a painter, I, I, I'm probably eh, a little macho, I guess is the term. I guess the term they would use now, maybe toxic. I don't know. But um, I'm just saying, I'm joking, folks. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> when they called, you know, I said, well, guys, I said, first off, you know, you, you can't let yourself be a victim. You know, you got to stand, you know, that was my first reaction. And again, I'm from Detroit. That's where I grew up. Pretty hard town, pretty rough town, you know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I told them, I said, you can't let yourself be a victim. You got to, you know, that guy needs a good FU right in his face, you know, where you can feel your breath. (laughs) You know, I mean, that was my, Uh you know, punch this guy in the nose. And, so everything was fine and everything got up to them. And I'm sitting here and I'm working on a painting and I'm thinking about it. And I'm thinking about the news I watched earlier that very night uh, when I had dinner and watched the news. I, um, I called them back immediately. And I said, I'm an idiot. I was totally wrong, 100% wrong. I said, the world has changed from when, when I grew up, you know. I don't know if this mm-hmm. guy's going to follow you with your car and has a gun in his car or his pocket or something. I mean, you guys handle it how you think best because you grew up here, you know, because they're quite a bit younger. And right. um, I said, don't listen to my idiot. Because, you know, my idiot, see, you, 
wind up getting killed or something. I was thinking about this, you know. I don't want to be responsible mm-hmm. for that. And so when I was, I was listening to you and you were talking about Paris and we were talking about all this and that, and I was wondering, um, I didn't visibly see a lot of people that I could tell um, were LGBTQ, but there probably were a lot. Uh, but I remember when I was there, it's been a while, you know, been a good 10 years or so, um, and maybe 15 at this point. But I didn't see that, you know, in, in Paris mm-hmm. like I did in places like London and, and things like that. Did you right. have any? And, and I and I was like, yeah, I wonder if parents is cool with uh, with people, you know, or do they have the same worry that you know women in general, or especially LGBTQ, have walking the streets or anything like that? Did, was there any different vibe that you picked up, or was it pretty much the same? I mean, it's hard to say. I think you're right that we didn't necessarily see a lot of same-sex couples in the streets together, but also I feel like a lot of people are just kind of walking by themselves anyway because they're commuting mm-hmm. and they're just going places. Um, yeah, culture, in like, in terms of femininity, the culture is more gender normative. So, like, people that look like me and people can't see me, but I'm gender nonconforming. Um, I definitely, you know, look, you know, probably somewhere in between masculine and feminine, even though my voice is very feminine. And there's not a lot of people that look like me and my partner there. So, like, we stick out, I think, as, like, dykes, basically. Because, you know, French women generally, and what we read, because we did a lot of reading on the Internet of, like, what to expect. And it's like, you know, generally, there's a lot of femininity there. So there might be people that are just... Yeah, so there might be people that are just not as visible in that way if they're not with their partners, you know. But, I mean, mm. the film festival there is certainly well attended. Um, the movie had two screenings. I only went to one of them. And so there is definitely a community there. And actually our Airbnb host was like a gay actor, and so um, we met him and his boyfriend, okay. and they were really nice. So, yeah, so it definitely seems like open and accepting. And also, like, you know, they're just a lot cooler with sex than, like, Americans anyway that were very, like, right. have this puritanical background. Absolutely. So I think it's just they're just yeah. not as uptight, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Believe me, I live in I live in the cool part of Florida, South Florida, and believe yeah. me, it's still you know it's it's not that cool. <laughs> you know, right. I, yeah. It ain't Hillcrest, San Diego. Let me tell. I mean, we do have Wilton. Right, you know, right. Still ain't Hillcrest, San Diego. Um, but you know, yeah, it's it's that's that's very cool. Now I wanted to ask you also. Um, <laughs> you mentioned midlife crisis. You're, yeah. you're, you're like, what, 40 or whatever? You know, you're kind of, in my opinion, I'm an old man. I'm, I'm like, ah, she's too young to be having those. But I got to say, I don't think I ever had a specific big mid- midlife crisis. Uh, personally, I, I've, I've had many micro doses, daily micro doses of midlife crises. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, <laughs> my, my wife was watching something the other day. And, and they were playing this music, and they had sampled this. Uh, I'm really into like EDM and trance music, all that kind of stuff, you know. From that's what I uh-huh. do for a big part of my life. And they had sampled this song, and I'm like, "Are they really sampling Robert Miles' children? That song's only 20 years old. It's too young to be sampled yet." And I suddenly uh-huh. felt about 90. Uh, you know, I felt like that guy. <laughs> Turn it down. That ain't music. What's wrong with you? You know. Um, right, and it was just sad. 
I feel terrible. But um, I can't picture you having midlife crisis. But maybe, maybe I mean, I don't. Right. Know. Well, maybe I mean, I'm right now. I'm I'm 45 now, but yeah, I haven't had what I would call a midlife crisis. Really? I feel like all my life, all my life crises. What's that? I said, I can't believe it. You look great for 45. Oh, thank you. Well, we shot the movie, you know, a couple years ago, but thank you. Um, so, um, yeah, I think all my life crises were in my 20s, to be honest. Like, you know, right. grappling with my career, because, you know, to be a filmmaker, it's a very non-traditional career path. So I definitely had a crisis of, like, do I go to law school or do I follow my passion? You know, that whole thing. And then this movie is loosely based on my own divorce and cross-country move many years ago and that was at the end of that was at the end of my 20s so um i updated it so that it's more of a midlife thing for the movie and there's been a lot that's fictionalized in the movie like the characters and relationships are all loosely based on people that i know or relationships that i've had but um there's a lot of like creative liberties that you really need to take in order to make a movie that people can watch in an hour and a half and then get something out of it because life can be very like brawled out and confusing and messy and whatever so um yeah and actually when i was going through what i call like not what i call or what people call a quarter life crisis like in my 20s i buy books and they said that they their theory was if you have a quarter life crisis that you that you may avoid a midlife crisis because they're saying you've kind of already figured out what you really want out of life i don't know if that's true but that's kind of what they were theorizing anyway oh absolutely Absolutely. I see it. I see it around me all the time. I, where I live, um, the average age is of a certain age. And I mean, no offense to anybody by that saying that, but it's, it's very true, you know, and, and you see, yeah. you see the guys in the sports cars and the women dressing it forever 21 when they're, you know, pushing 70. Um, and it's, right. it's like, Oh, geez, come on, man. Uh, but at the same time, um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I'll tell you, it's very, very funny story. My, my one neighbor, she is, uh, you know, she, both my neighbors are, uh, elder, elderly, not elderly. Uh-huh. I, I hate to say that because it's the wrong impression. One's a tennis pro, you know, very active, very active and, uh, successful and whatnot. Anyway, we uh-huh. were having a Halloween party and it's kind of our, in our family, that's kind of our holiday Halloween and, uh, you know, the in-laws had the big Christmas party. We always have the Halloween party. And so everybody's over, and we're having the party. And the neighbor came over, and she was dressed up like a French maid. And it wasn't the men that were like, holy moly, you know, because, you know, it's Halloween. We're all saying holy moly all night anyway to everybody, you know. Oh, um, right. Then all the women at the party just looked because she was drop-dead knockout, <laughs> you know, and everybody uh-huh. noticed <laughs> And I'm like, wow, women really do dress for each other. And uh, it was neat. <laughs> thought I was watching a Discovery Channel show or something, you know, Gorillas on a Hillside. Um, it was definitely right. looked so, yeah, It was amazing. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. anyway. Yeah, well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you, you know, have. Uh, well, the other thing is, too, you know, they say art therapy, right? They have all that kind of stuff. Most people just, you know, go have sure. a glass of wine and paint a painting um, of a sunset, you may find yeah. future films about it. So <laughs> <laughs> right. I think you're doing okay. Yeah, and I, I definitely think like most people who are artists feel feel that they're, the art that they do gives them purpose and meaning. And 
definitely like I was listening to a podcast the other day about just like happiness and, you know, people, and this is not surprising, but just that if you have a purpose, if you feel like your life has purpose, like there are so many, so many benefits, longevity, obviously happiness, uh, health, et cetera, et cetera. But I think, you know, a lot of people that do art or who are writers or whatever, like that does give their life meaning and purpose. And I think that that helps, like you're saying, to maybe not go through some of those midlife crises is because we decided many years ago, I'm going to, you know, dedicate my life to doing something that that means something to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and artists in general, I don't care what medium it is, even filmmakers, um, I, I think can be overly sensitive at times. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Uh, and you know, I have a friend of mine, a good friend of mine who's a writer, and she just got, um, I don't know what the term is, she got approval for her second book. You know, she hasn't, she's then she's doing oh. it. She's not self-publishing. She's going through an agent and has uh-huh. a publishing company, you know, that publishes her stuff and all this kind of, you know, she did this the, the way everybody and, uh, sure. you know, doing real well with that. But I remember when she first submitted that before the book got, her first book got uh, accepted and all that. And she got, she came over, we went out to dinner and, um, she was all long faced. I said, What's the problem, man? What's happening? I said, You guys are doing okay? You know, her and her partner. She goes, Oh, yeah, we're fine. She goes, And I got my second rejection letter today. And I said, Two? Mm-hmm. You're actually right. way over two rejections? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> Get right, yeah. Get up a little bit. Yeah. Right, especially for publishing, I hear people just say dozens and dozens, like the most famous writers that have so many oh, rejections. Yeah. Well, you know, and, too, and, I mean, sorry, go ahead. After you, after you. Oh, okay. No, I was going to say that's the thing, too. I mean, people people are only seeing, like, your successes, right? And behind anything that appears to be a success, there are so many failures, quote-unquote, right? And so it's like for every film festival you get into, there are likely several others you did not get into, for example, and that kind of thing. And so people only see sort of, like, the highlights and, you know, the journey, it's like anyone who pursues whatever, it's like I think that's the most difficult part for people because they see people who are successful and they think, oh, look, it comes to them so easily or they're doing so well, and they don't mm. see the journey that the people had to take to really get all that, you know, because that's behind closed doors. But, um, but yeah, it's true. I think Absolutely. for any successful person, they're dealing with that, yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's very true. I uh... – I'll tell you a good example. I am very painfully shy. Do not like, whenever you do these art shows, you have to, the gallery will always want, and another reason I really don't like working with a lot of galleries because they have a big thing and you have to be in front of everybody, just like with your film, and and answer questions or explain things or have Uh, uh inane conversations with people, you know, don't know Uh what they're talking about. And I'm kidding, folks. I'm kidding. It's just a little peek behind the curtain of my personality. Um, anyhow, um, I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And I get very shy about it. I actually have a pair of, and I'm always wearing sunglasses because, you know, I'm a cool painter. And the real reason is I have a pair of sunglasses that I've painted black on the inside. And people always say, they're like, that's crazy. You do a podcast. I'm sitting in my studio right now talking into a mic um, with this big round thing in front of it. And you're in California. You're in L.A. right now. You know what I mean? I'm not in front mm-hmm. of a bunch of people. 
So it's easy. Right. Yeah, you know, it's different. No big deal. And but so then you paint your sunglasses. You paint your sunglasses yeah, so I can't black see anybody. You can't see? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I put those on, and I do a lot better because I'm not, you know, it's like right. I'm not there. That's type. funny. Yeah. And people always laugh about that. They're like, well, that's insane. I said, well, it just, it's a little tool that helps me, you know. Um, yeah. Well, otherwise, yeah. my wife's the exact opposite. And this is another reason we're together. She is great at working a room. She can walk to her. And usually we'll do a party or uh, one of these art show things, and she'll be talking to everybody, very social. And I'll be outside having a vape, and she'll come out and get me and then walk me back in and kind of, kind of even without the sunglasses and, uh, or just mm-hmm. my regular sunglasses. And as we're going, she'll tell me who we're going to talk to and the highlights of what I need to know about. Yeah, it's great. She does all the heavy lifting, you know. It's, um, right. You know. To me, that's way harder than painting a painting. Painting a painting is easy. Um, you oh, know, no. that's, that's the easy part. <laughs> right. But, you know, and that's one of the things I do like about galleries is you usually don't have to talk to people. Um, other than that, right. they handle all that, you know. Just show up and drop uh-huh. the paintings off, you're good. Um, right. But, yeah, you know, you pay for it. But anyhow, anyhow, are you um, – are the gears – I know you've been on this world – you know, literally a whirlwind tour, uh, promoting maybe someday. Uh-huh. So I really want people, and it's on, we have links, we have links, and there is a, uh, a link tree link, folks, that um, I didn't know about, but Michelle told me about, um, and we, I made sure to put that everywhere. Um, it's uh, link tree, maybe someday film. You click on these, and these links, let me tell you, everybody, that um, when this is converted to a podcast and on Spotify and Pandora and stuff, these all stay active. If you're listening to it on uh, Spotify or whatever, just click on that link and it'll get you right to uh, where you can watch maybe someday or buy it, you know. Uh, how about that? How about that? And, hey, you know, I just thought of this, too. Father's Day is, uh, oh, no, we passed Father's Day, didn't we? Never mind. Yeah, a couple days ago, yeah. If you messed up, folks. And you forgot to get dear old dad something for Father's Day, and um, I don't know, you're coming out or something. Um, what a great <laughs> way to buy this film. Um, <laughs> it's a very weird Father's Day gift. It's an interesting Fourth of July <laughs> conversation. That's all I'm saying. Even if you're not coming out. Um, you know, maybe you have a horrible boyfriend and you need some comparison, you know? Say, well. <laughs> You like Ralph now, don't you? Maybe not. Right. Maybe not. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, God, I thought Father's Day was this weekend. I just and we went to my father-in-law's. So we had a big, we had ribs the whole thing. Oh. Here we are, one of those micro midlife crises I was telling you about. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Every time I forget something, I'm at that point. In my I'm like, is this dementia onset? Oh no. <laughs> That's where we're at now. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Uh, anyhow, yeah. anyhow, are the gears turning for the next project? Are you writing down? Yeah, stuff? so we are uh, We're actually in pre-production for a docu-series, so something, you know, completely different. It's a docu-series called Queering the Binary, 
and it's about non-binary okay. identities and experiences. So my partner nice. has a research background, and I'm, of course, a filmmaker. So we're bringing our skills together. So during the pandemic, when things were slow, we did a survey. And so 2,500 non-binary people all over the world took the survey. And so my partner's like compiling the data for this. And the data will kind of inform the docuseries, and we'll kind of weave it in at certain points. And the plan is to start shooting in the next couple of months. Um, we ha we keep saying, oh, we're going to start shooting, but like maybe someday has taken a lot more time over the past year than I thought it would. But now, mm -hmm. finally, that it's out on streaming platforms, and we're kind of you know wrapping up the promotion for it, then we'll be able to shift and do the docu series. So it's kind of cool to like jump into it because it always takes me a long time to write a script. Like I really enjoy writing, but it takes me like oftentimes years, two to three years, and you know that's just kind of like. In my free time, I, I'm not able to dedicate full time to the writing. Um, so it's kind of like nice to jump into the docuseries right away, and uh, then eventually I'll start writing a new script. I'm not quite sure what that script is going to look like, but have, I have an idea. But, um, but yeah, I'm excited because, you know, my partner and I are both non-binary, and so being part of that community, we don't feel like that there's a lot of content about us, for us, et cetera. Nope. So we want to... Uh, give a peek into that experience and, you know, interview uh, a variety of people to kind of like have these vignettes of like their identity, their experiences, uh, relationships, et cetera. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That's awesome. I can't wait for you to uh, be to, to a point where we're at now where, you know, you're wrapping up and um, we have you on the show talking about this. I find the topic yeah. fascinating. Um, it's, it's a new – one of the things, I remember being a kid – and studying uh, history, studying uh, Greek and ancient Roman history. And, um, you know, they always make a big deal. They're like, oh, all their myth mythology and their gods and everything had human emotion, you know. And, mm -hmm. uh, but people evolved in, in their uh, social and, and religious context uh, to, to different things. And I, was, I remember thinking to myself, you know, you just don't see – because evolution is such that societal evolution, not physical evolution, but societal evolution, can be quick. Uh, change can come quickly. Look at the yeah. lights. Look at different things, you know. And um, and I, I I I recognize things are different. I, I'm Cherokee Indian. We have a matriarchal society, you know. I mean, it's it's and and people freak out about that. They're like, what the hell does that mean? You explain it to them, and they're like, it's, it's beyond anything that they've imagined, you know. Hmm. <laughs> And it's, so I find things that are societally changing uh, to be fascinating. And one of the things, one of the things that sucks is um, this is a new thing, non-binary, in the main, new in the mainstream. I don't want to say it's a new thing, uh, phenomenon that's happening, folks. I'm, right. I think it's been happening for centuries. <laughs> you know, yeah, sure. But, but in the as far as Western mainstream. Uh, people making videos about it or documentaries about it and stuff. You just don't see mm -hmm. that. And I think it's important um, that people do see uh, those types of characters. Yeah, you see it a little bit. Uh, we That Star Trek Discovery had a couple characters in it. You know, I mean, it, it's it's seeping here and there, but not nearly enough. Mm -hmm. um, right. I think it's great you guys are doing this, you know. Uh, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. It sucks, though, yeah, that you. The press you do get right now is, oh, man, I, I don't know if, 
I guess there's always been assholes, you know. I, I don't know if, like, a comet head or something with a bunch of asshole dust in it suddenly. But it just seems like there's a lot more lately, you know. And people freaking out about this or that or, you know. Oh, this, nobody can mention in school if a kid has two moms. Or yeah. Something. Are you kidding me? Right. Yeah, there's definitely people? like a backlash happening now. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I just saw a news article about how uh, the right wing was trying to uh, get Islamic people against gay people. You know what I mean? Like like riled them up, trying to get them under their uh, tent. And I'm just uh-huh. like, and then some of these Islamic people are like, well, yeah, you know, I, I don't think kids, you know, what's the children were worried about? Like these same people were just bashing you six months ago. What the hell's wrong with you? You know? Right. Yeah. And don't turn on you again. <laughs> you know? But yeah. I'm not trying to get on a soapbox or anything, and I, I don't need to have an aneurysm or anything, but it just sucks because here you are, you're a friend, and, you know, you're doing all these important, cool stuff, and we're in a time where you got to deal, you got to waste time with that sort of shit, you know? And it, it, it annoys me. Because oh, for sure, because it seemed like for a while we were making such great progress, and I'm like, wow, this the world that I live in now was so different than 20 years ago when I graduated from college and was like, you know, dealing with a lot of this thing of like people thinking I'm in the wrong restroom, and I'm like, wow, now we have, you know, gender-neutral restrooms in California, and like, just like it's, we're living in a world where we were a few years ago, and still kind of, that like I really couldn't have imagined 20 years ago when I was dealing with a lot of these things, and it's on everyone's radar, but then with that visibility comes backlash, and that's kind of where we are now. Um, I'm hoping that it's going to, you know, be a phase, the backlash is going to pass through, and we'll move forward, because I think generally that's what will happen long term, but in the short term, it doesn't mean it doesn't suck for a lot of people, especially people in red states, and this is the first time really in my life that I there are certain states that I probably would not travel to, and that's not been something that I've really thought about before. And I, I don't know you. if you heard, but like, there's been a few civil rights groups that have had travel advisories against Florida. Have you heard about that? Oh, absolutely, oh, of course. You know, it, yeah. When so, I first moved you know, to Florida, I met my uh, my my now father-in-law, uh, very very successful engineer, and um, you know, we were talking. I was dating his daughter. <laughs> you know, one of those types of deals. But we were getting to know each other, and I didn't know Florida that well. And I, I, like I said, I came, I grew up in Detroit, very industrial factories. Um, everybody you knew, their their father or usually father or mother or both worked in a factory um, or, or in industry in some way. And I, I, I told them, I said, I'm looking around. How do you guys make any money? There's, I'm not seeing any factory. There's nothing from my experience to see how people are making money here. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I see a lot of people cleaning pools, <laughs> you know, uh, right. what, what is it all medical? Cause it's all, you know, older people. And he said, no tourism, tourism is Florida's, you know, he goes, we manufacture yeah. uh, sunshine. That's what <laughs> drives everything. Tourism. Sure. And, you know, so we, we're very aware, and I keep telling everybody, I'm like, I lived in Detroit when the factories closed and, and industry moved out. I know what, I know what's on the horizon if it, things continue here in Florida, and I keep ringing the bell. Yeah. You know, people don't listen. They're like, eh, piss off Disney. That's good. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, 
Oh, yeah. It's not. I said, people stop at a lot of places on the way to Disney. It's right, right. Um, you know, and believe me, Michelle, I, and, and listeners, I'm telling you, we closed on our house 2016. <laughs> a few months later, that atomic bomb happened, and me and my wife were like, well, we can't move to Norway now. We owe $400,000 on this place. You know, <laughs> spent all our money on this. Uh, you know, what the hell? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, and it sucks. It's, I live 20 minutes south of Mar-a-Lago. And uh-huh. it, 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 but I will tell you, on our block, it's Pride Month. We got the Pride flags out there <laughs> in our planters right now. Right, yeah. You know. But we're the weirdo yeah. artists in the neighborhood, you know, and people are like, oh, they're, you know, they're, they're artists, of course, you know. We expect that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, that guy compost and stuff. Of course. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, I also have a big sign in my front yard that was saying, you know, we don't use fertilizer for the manatees. Um, so, yeah, our neighbors <laughs> kind of look at us. <laughs> We're those people on the block. I will admit it. So we got yeah. a cool house. <laughs> you know, we got the modern <laughs> mid-century, you know, thing going. But, you know, it's it's a weird thing. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I was going to say, you know, Michelle, if we were going to hang out, we'd have to meet somewhere, you know? <laughs> partners and meet in Vegas or something. I don't know, you know? Yeah. Uh, we definitely aren't meeting at Disney World, though. Right. I wouldn't invite you here right now. Not because yeah. I wouldn't want to hang out with you. <laughs> right. Don't want something to happen. It's, uh, and it sucks that we live in a, in a country where that is even a thought, you know? Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. We should be beyond this. This gets me no closer to Mars, folks. All I'm saying, get your shit together. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, anyhow, anyhow. Well, I'm excited about this new project. I think that's very, whatever I do to help, you know, that's very cool. Are you, do you do, you do uh, like crowdfunding and stuff when you do a project or um, well, more traditional? Project is, every project is different. I've done crowdfunding once. I kind of hated it and I was like I really don't ever want to do that again so um, I was fortunate enough to I've never done it but I've heard I've heard it's bad I've I've never done crowdfunding but I've heard oh people people, I have a good friend of mine she's a musician she's made seven albums doing that you know on top of Kickstarter and stuff but she Uh said it's like having a a second and third job all rolled into one (laughs) you know you've got to yeah. Be prepared for that. Oh. Yeah, and it's also, I think, just emotionally difficult. And, you know, for some people, I think it really works. Um, but, yeah, I just I did it once, and I'm like, I really don't want to do that again. And I was fortunate enough with maybe someday to um, come into some money to do that project. And then nice. with this Queering the Binary, like, we – right now it's going to be small. It's my partner and I, you know, we have a small equipment package with some 4K cameras, and then – we will try to see if we can get grant funding, but either way, I think we'll be able to basically self-fund it um, because mm-hmm. we're going to be shooting it. I'm going to be editing it. At some point, I want to hire, like, someone to do, like, animated graphics for it. That would be, like, our main cost. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be, like, I call it a docuseries, but it's really designed to be, like, a limited series. So about five episodes. It's not really designed to, like, season after season. And each right. episode would have a theme. 
and then probably about half a dozen people in each episode talking about that theme as opposed to following characters through the season. So it's not really about following people, just because we want to showcase as many people as possible. So it's more like here's a peek into this person's experience, you know, and then to try to, if they really showcase the diversity, because there is so much diversity in the community, even though a lot of people just think, oh, all non-binary people are androgynous or all non-binary people or whatever. Right. Um, and there's really just it's so much diversity. And, you know, you said you're, you're Native American and, like, there's a whole two spirit mm. um, within that. Oh, yeah. And, like, we want to delve into that. And um, they've also shown that there's a correlation with people who are on the spectrum, on the autism spectrum. There's a correlation with that between people who identify mm. as either non-binary or gender. So there's a lot of, like, interesting sort of things to sort of, like, delve into. And we kind of have to, like, narrow it, obviously, and focus it down. But I'm excited to show you know, as many people as we can. That's cool. That is awesome. Well, I think it's important. I think it's important work. And it's cool that you're doing it at a time, you know, we live in the era of streaming. Um, one of the positives, and I'm not making light of the pandemic, anybody, don't send me hateful messages. Um, they will anyway. But um, <laughs> my terrible jokes. Anyhow, um, no, one of the things um, from the pandemic, one of the silver linings, is everybody knows how to stream now. Um, you know, <laughs> everybody knows how Roku works um, or a PlayStation, you know, uh, or their phone. Um, it's great. Don't watch movies on your phone. I know I sound like an old man, but folks, please, you know, uh-huh. phone cap, you know. Oh. Michelle didn't edit this, so, you know, do such a good job so you can try to watch it on a two-inch screen. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to buy one of those Apple things. Oh, my gosh. Have you seen those? I watched the video on that the other day. I, what, I'm a what guy. Apple I want, thing? Oh, the, the visor thing they just launched? It's, uh, oh, I haven't seen I it. Know, oh, my. I don't, I don't know if it'll, if it'll work, you know, or go off like they're hoping. It's 3500 bucks. But oh. the, the cool thing is, oh, yeah, it has all this crazy AI in it and stuff. So when you FaceTime somebody... You don't have to look good. You've already pro- it's, it's already got a program <laughs> of you that matches yeah. your voice, wow. so you can look amazing and be in your PJs. That's you know, so it's, funny. I, I know. If I could, if I had that program, we might start doing a video show here, a podcast, right? Yeah, of just, <laughs> just audio, but uh, we don't. <laughs> um, but no, they have a mode in it. It's theater mode where you're like almost in an IMAX thing, and it's in expands oh, wow. to your like I don't know 160 degree angle you know it's like huge and um, it's pretty neat I don't know if it's a game changer I mean of course they're saying it is you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? if you haven't heard folks I'm the next Picasso you should definitely buy a painting today um, <laughs> right no, I'm kidding but any no my point is anybody trying to sell you something so he's going to say it's great but it looks sure. neat to me, but I watched the video that they put out. That being said, <laughs> you know, but you do, you're making film, you're making product and, and, the, and these great, uh, your art is being delivered in the age where people can see it, you know, maybe someday people that's worldwide, right? Anybody can watch that anywhere. 
Yeah, you can watch it. Anyone can watch it on Vimeo, but platforms like Amazon and Hoopla are only in select countries. But we put it on Vimeo so you can access that from anywhere, yeah. And if you go to maybesomedayfilm.com, that takes you right to our Vimeo page. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. We'll be adding that to the links, folks. We'll be adding that to the links. I didn't know you had a .com. Very cool. Very, very cool. Of course you do. Michelle knows all this stuff, you know. You're good at this stuff, Michelle. Social media, I'm terrible at it. Terrible. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I have a, you know, love-hate relationship with it. But, you know, you kind of oh. have to, right? Because if I wasn't a filmmaker, I don't really think I'd be on social media. But, you know, you kind of have to, it's like, so people can hear about your stuff. And Absolutely. sometimes it doesn't, you don't know if anyone's even noticing. But talk to people like you, and they're like, yeah, I'm noticing. So it's cool, you know. And it's weird because you'll pick up little things talking to people, and, and you're like, Oh, you saw that? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, not everybody <laughs> likes, clicks that like button. And, and that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah. But it, it's interesting. It's, it's an interesting time. I think it's great. I mean, here we are having a conversation, you know, real time, and we're 3,000 miles apart. I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. You know, uh, of course, it can be, any tool can be used for bad as well. You know. Sure, sure. We've all discovered that one relative kind of racist. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Thanks, pandemic. That's what we needed. Ugh. Anyhow. Anyhow. Oh, my gosh. I had an aunt I hadn't talked to in 40 years. And she, um, you know, we, we she found me on Facebook. We reconnected. We're on the phone. We're catching up. And I'm like, so what do you do? You know, one of my questions to her, I said, what do you do? you know, when you're not on Facebook for fun. And she's like, well, uh-huh. I'm, I'm the president of the local chapter of the Daughters of the Confederacy. <laughs> oh, my. I <laughs> told my wife, I'm like, I need a blood transfusion. I got the blood in me. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> right. Get it out. Get yeah. it out. Um, yeah. Thanks, Facebook. Needed that. Anyhow. Right. Anyhow. Um, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. I know. Did you hear that just now? That's the thunder. Yeah, I did. Oh, it is. Oh, wow. That's yes. yes. I'm such an old man, Michelle. I'm such an old man. It starts raining crazy. <laughs> like I'm like, well, it's good for the plants. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm going to be green. <laughs> I've turned into that guy. I used to be cool. Anyhow, <laughs> speaking of cool, well, I can't wait. I can't wait to have you. Hey, you know, maybe we'll just have you on sometime to talk about movies. Because I know you have such a free schedule and all this time, you know. No, I know you right. don't. But um, no, you know, yeah, I'd love to come back on sometime. Yeah, and keep doing what you're doing. I think you're doing real important work, and you're doing real good work. You know. Yeah, thank I, you. Everybody, I want you to watch maybe someday. I watched this, and you know, no, it wasn't my experience uh, personally, but I could relate to uh, all the characters in this, really. Because I've had that. Oh, good. Types of, yeah. You know? Um, very cool. Very good. And that's good art to me. You know, that, that's, that's important. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's, well, that's great. Yeah, we definitely wanted to try to make it a universal experience that people could resonate with. So that's great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, keep doing what you're doing because you're real good at it. You know? <laughs> okay, well, thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Great. Yeah, thanks for having me back on the show. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And folks, like I said, we're going to be adding those links here in uh, two shakes. It, uh, get those so you can click on those and get right to uh, maybe someday. Dot, it's maybe someday.com, right? Let me write this down. Yeah. Yep, got it. Okay. Very cool. cool. Now, folks, this episode, of course, is going to be converted to a podcast. Um, you know, so we're going to fix all, all things like that. And that's uh, when we add the commercials and stuff in. And, uh, you know, we're going to blast it out everywhere on all the social media platforms, on all the podcasting platforms. We're on over 750 of them. I'm amazed at that. Not that we're on that many. I'm just frankly amazed that 750 people had the brilliant idea for their new business to be a podcasting platform or post, you know. Uh, 750 of them. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, Anyway, that's your passion. I'm glad you did it. And I'm glad we're on it. Uh, folks, we're going to wrap up for us. Hey, I just heard before we started, too, I, um, I've got to change this. Tomorrow's episode, uh, one of our guests won't be able to make it, so we're rescheduling that to the week after. Um, I'll post everything on uh, social media and on the website, popboxradio.com. As soon as I have the new date, um, now between two days, we've got to figure out which one. Anyway. We will see you next time, everybody. Remember, the world is still weird. Be cool, be patient, and treat people how you want to be treated. Don't wind up on a Karen video on YouTube. That ain't your way to stardom. That's the bad way. Folks, we'll talk to you later. Have a good one. Thanks, Michelle. You're awesome. Right, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli, Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio. Hey folks, pop art painter Jamie Rocks here. This is the Patreon VIP ad-free version of this podcast. That's right. You're a VIP, so you don't have to listen to the commercials. How cool is that, baby? How cool is that? Um, just talk to your server also, and you get bottle service. No, I, there's none of that. Uh, but there are no commercials. So I just finished up with uh, filmmaker Michelle Elin. Um Man, she's just cool. I really, really like her. And I like her film, maybe someday. We were talking all about it. And uh, here's the podcast, ad-free for your enjoyment. Enjoy. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.